Well, we are finishing up a series that we've been in for a year. It's called Running with the Giants. And I feel like we've, we've covered so many amazing stories with so many people of faith. And when Pastor Brandon preached the last sermon on Nehemiah, I felt wrong just like ending it and being like, all right, that was a good series. Let's move on to the next thing. Because there were so many lessons that we learned about faith. So I really felt the need to take two weeks to just summarize and wrap up everything we've learned in this awesome series from Hebrews chapter 11. And it's going to be divided like this. This week, we're going to talk about principles of faith that we've learned in Hebrews 11 that apply to all of our lives. And then next week, we're going to talk about the people of faith who we met and the major movements of salvation history, God's story basically, and how your life fits into that story. All right, so we're going to take two weeks to summarize all of this. Now, Uh, We're just going to look at some snapshots and some highlights from Hebrews chapter 11. And just so you know, uh, the point of this whole series was to answer this question. What does faith look like in real lives when real people face real problems? So if you're a real person and you have real problems, you've come to the right place. Because God's going to teach you about the walk of faith this morning. Let's pray and then we'll get into Hebrews chapter 11 one more time. Father, we are grateful for your word that is so filled with practical truth for our daily struggles. And my prayer is that you would use these last couple messages from this series to give us clear direction on what the walk of faith should look like. Lord, I'm also grateful for all that you are doing in Brasov, Romania. I'm grateful for Pastor Christy and his faith and his team and their vision. I just pray that you would even right now be going to work in their hearts and in their city that the gospel might advance unhindered. Use us, Lord, to coach them and train them and encourage them and equip them in the days ahead. Father, we just ask your blessing upon this message in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. This is known as the Hall of Faith, the Heroes of the Faith. In fact, it even begins by saying what faith is. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. This is supposed to teach us about the walk of faith. So let me just begin this whole first point. I'm going to summarize what faith exactly is and isn't, because if we don't have that definition down, we're not going to get much out of the rest of the chapter. You can fill this in in your notes in the bulletin, and I hope you do take notes, because an active listener will get more uh, out of the message. But what is faith? Well, let's talk about what faith isn't. First, faith is not just a religious feeling that helps us get by. Write that down. Faith is not just a religious feeling that helps us get by. Oh, oh, he's so religious. He goes to that place so frequently and does these deeds so regularly. And you know what? That's not what the Bible calls faith. Faith is not just being a religious person who feels religious feelings. Second, Faith is not a formal creed that we signed at some point in our past. Oh yeah, I went to that class when I was in sixth grade. Oh yeah, I got that religious training. Oh yeah, I filled out that form. Yeah, I wrote that report. I checked that box. I got that trophy. Hey, that's not faith. Faith is not a formal creed that we signed at some point in our past. Third, faith is not baseless optimism that believes everything will somehow just work out. I have faith. 
I know this happened for a reason, and I know it's just going to somehow unexplainably work out. That's not faith. That's futile, baseless hope. That's not faith. Faith isn't a religious feeling. It's not a formal creed. It's not baseless optimism. And faith is not mystic hope like a wishing well. Uh, In other words, belief in some undefinable spiritual power that transcends this world. Uh, Like crossing your fingers or blowing out birthday candles or trusting a horoscope or, or trying to channel some energy. Faith is not mystic, foggy, hazy hope. And if faith is not a religious feeling or a formal creed or baseless optimism or mystic hope, then what exactly is it? Well, here's a good biblical definition of faith. Write this down. Faith is acting like God is telling the truth. Faith is acting like God is telling the truth. It's not just cognitive in your head. It's active. But your actions are based on your relationship to a God and a truth he has revealed. Therefore, faith is acting like God is telling the truth. And we've learned here through this study that there are two fundamental kinds of faith found in the Bible, all right? And there's saving faith and there's walking faith. What is saving faith? This is basically faith 101 here, okay? Saving faith is a moment that changes eternity. It's a moment in your life, in your past. It happens in an instant in time when you are faced with the reality that you stand guilty sinful, condemned to hell in front of a holy God. Based on that and the shock, you realize God sent his son to die for you. And it's only through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that you can be saved. That's called saving faith. And hey, is there a time in your past where you were saved? A time in your past where you received the good news about Jesus and repented from your sins. The Bible says you were born again. The Bible says you crossed over from death to life. The Bible says you were adopted into God's heavenly family. And it happens at a point in time. You say, ah, it's kind of foggy. I don't really know if, if, I, if that happened. Well, hey, get that settled today. Because if saving faith is not something that's happened to you, you don't have any hope of walking by faith in this life. Saving faith comes first, then walking faith begins. Well, then what is walking faith? If saving faith is a moment that changes eternity, walking faith is a thousand moments that change endlessly. How does faith begin? Believing the gospel and repenting of your sins. But then, then what is faith? Every day, every moment, God lays demands of faith on you. And there's a thousand moments and And walking by faith means something in your marriage and in your family and at your work and and in your friendships. There's there's walking faith. Now, Hebrews 11 primarily deals with walking faith, what it means for you and me to walk by faith through all the trials and opportunities of this life. So what is faith? Okay, we've got that defined. And in Hebrews 11, the questions answered about faith aren't just what is faith, but also, well, then why, why should I walk by faith? Here's the first thing you can write down. There's two primary things, if you sift through Hebrews 11, two primary motives of why we should walk by faith. The first one is this, faith brings blessing. Write that down. Faith brings blessing. 
God could have given many motives why we walk by faith, but he just wants you to flat out know that if you walk by faith, he will bless you. Now listen, I think too often we believe the lie that if we walk by faith, God's going to sentence us to a life of boredom and misery. Do it God's way and don't have any fun on the planet at all. That big old straight jacket up in the sky is just going to take all your fun away. I found a picture this week that kind of shows this is the ultimate boredom picture. You want to see it? The ultimate picture of boredom, here it is. And if you're honest, high schoolers, if you're honest, you're like, oh, if I'm going to do life God's way, that's what I'm going to have to put up with. All my friends are out there having a good time. What am I doing? Nothing. Bored. In college, oh yeah, all my friends are going, they're, they're walking away from the way that the Word is showing me to live. You know what? They're, they're having all the fun. And I'm just going to sit at home and be like, that. But that's a lie. It's the lie that we believe that somehow God intends to hold us back from this world of pleasure for some sadistic reason, just to watch us be bored. Hey, the path of faith holds us back from a world of pain. A world of pain that we get for for a tic-tac's worth of pleasure. Okay? And God's holding us back from a selfish, sinful, depraved life here that will end in suffering and misery and pain in this life and hell to pay in the next. That's what he's holding us back from. Don't believe the lie that there's a world of pleasure that God just doesn't want me to enjoy. No, there's a world of pain that he doesn't want you to endure. And walking by faith is the path to the greatest blessing in this life and in the next. You have to believe that. Faith brings blessing. Look at verse 2. It says in verse 2, For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith, people received commendation. So when I say faith brings blessing, what do I mean? Well, one of the ways that that this chapter defines blessing is God's favor upon your life. Uh, Commendation means God's spoken approval. God saying he's pleased with you. He's proud of you. He's happy that you're his child. He's behind you. Um, The word commendation is an important word here. It shows up in verse 2 regarding all the people who are described. But look at verse 4. It says, By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was, there it is again, commended as righteous. God, again, commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Look at verse 5. It says, by faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. There's no greater blessing than living in this life knowing that God is happy with you. That he's pleased with your choices. That he's accepted you. And while he initially accepts you by grace, this is referring to you living in obedience and receiving the blessing that comes from walking by faith. Look at verse 39. It says, In all these, though commended through their faith, commended, all of them were approved by God, received and welcomed by God because of their faith. 
Check out Hebrews 11.6. We'll put it up on the screen. Hebrews 11.6. Hey, say this with me. Here we go. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Uh, Odds of you pleasing God without faith? Impossible. But with faith, walking by faith, God's smile is upon you. You feel like maybe the walk of faith isn't worth it. You ever feel like it's just not worth it to stay and try and fix this marriage? It's just not worth it to try and be Christ-like at my work. It's just not worth it to try and treat people in a different way than they're treating me. This just isn't worth it. I'm fed up. You ever feel that way? And you'd be right if God didn't say that he has a reward for you. You'd be right if all you get for your Christ-likeness is just putting up with it. But God wants you to know that he's got a reward for you. First, he's proud of you. He goes on to say, in verse 16, it says, But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Faith brings a blessing, meaning God is unashamed to be our God. God doesn't look down on you when you're walking by faith with shame. Like, oh, my follower is grieving my heart. Luke 9, 26, we'll put it on the screen, says, For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Um, But it says contrary in verse 6, God will reward those who seek him. Verses 7 to 9, it says that through faith we are made to be heirs, to receive an inheritance, and all of God's promises apply to us, but only if we're walking by faith. Hey, faith brings a blessing. It's not worth it. It's too hard. I've been trying too long. No, 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 no. God's going to reward you. That might seem selfish to think that way. Why are we talking about what we get out of faith? We just need to do it. Hey, all I know is, in Hebrews 11, God wants you to know that if you walk by faith, he has an amazing award, reward for you. Blessings that he will pour out upon your life if you're walking by faith. And he wants that to motivate you. The next motive we find here, why? Why? Too hard. Well, faith brings blessing, but second, faith brings power. Write that down. Faith brings power. Faith brings God's strength to bear upon our trials. And listen, this is, this is truth. If you walk by faith, God unleashes power in your life to make it through your trials. If you don't, you don't have the power that's necessary to make it through. And you will cave and crumble. And One of my favorite cartoons growing up was Popeye. You ever watch Popeye? I made my kids watch the Popeye movie with Robin Williams a few weeks ago. I hadn't seen it in a long time. I was kind of embarrassed, but they loved it, so I was okay. <laughs> Did I really watch this when I was a kid? <laughs> but we've got a picture of Popeye here. One thing you know about Popeye is uh, Popeye needs something to be strong. If he doesn't get his spinach, he's just weak and wimpy and any person can push him over and he's got no power. Once he gets his spinach, then look out. He can like pick up entire, you know, boats and throw them across the ocean and he can can beat up anybody who's standing against him because he's got his spinach. Now this is just a very simple way for me to describe to you what the Bible says about faith. You with faith is Popeye with spinach. You without faith? is Popeye without spinach. 
And I'm talking about walking faith. Not talking about, yeah, I got settled. Jesus is Lord. I got that settled a long time ago. No, I'm talking about you face to face with a trial that is too hard for you, that's been going on too long for you to endure, that you don't know how you're going to make it through. And if you walk by faith, God's strength will be unleashed and you will make it. And if you don't, odds aren't good it's going to end up well. It's a call to daily faith in spite of whatever it is that's trying to knock you off the path with God. And the Bible wants you to see that faith brings blessing and that faith brings power. No faith, no power. What kind of power does it bring? Well, look at verse 33. In verse 33, it says, Who through faith did what? Conquered kingdoms. Enforce justice, obtain promises, stop the mouths of lions, quench the power of fire, escape the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Hey, that's what faith can do. That's how strong faith is if you walk by it. But if you lose it or shipwreck it or veer from it, no power. Faith brings power. We're supposed to see that when Samson was about to be killed and he was, he was being watched and he rose up in the night and went to the edge of the city and realized the gate was closed. And you remember what he did? With his bare hands, he picked up the whole gate to the city and carried it uphill for miles and then dumped it on the side of the road and he was, he was set free. The same spirit that gave him that physical strength is in you. You're not going to get strength to pick up your own house, all right? God doesn't want you to do circus tricks. But you're going to get strength to make it through your trial if you walk by faith. But no faith, no strength. Jericho, when they were surrounded by the Israelites, not one arrow was fired. All they had to do was be obedient and walk by faith. And then with one loud shout, God, with the brush of his hand, just pushed over the whole fortress. Hey, that's how strong faith is. And if we walk by faith, it unleashes tremendous power in our lives. So why walk by faith? Well, the Bible gives us two motives. First, it brings blessing. Second, it brings power. All right. All right. I'm sold. I want to walk by faith. Now, how do I do it? I know why to do it, but now how do I do it? Well, that's the third question here. First, what is faith? Second, why walk by faith? The third question is, how do I walk by faith? Jot this down first. Here's what comes up in this chapter. First, faith believes. Write that down. How how do I walk by faith? Well, first, faith believes. Faith considers that God is able to do the impossible in my life. At the core of your being, whatever it is that you're facing, you are saying, yes, he can. He can do this. Now, you're not saying that he will because that would mean you're presuming upon God. You're not saying he will. You're saying he can. And I'm praying that he will. And I'm surrendered to whatever he chooses. But basically, you're agreeing that, yes, he can give a child to a 100-year-old man. He can take a prisoner named Joseph and make him second to the Pharaoh overnight. He can feed a prophet for years by bird. He can. You believe it. He can part the Red Sea and make me pass through on dry ground. You just believe that he can. 
The Bible talks about faith in James 1.6. Let's put that up on the screen. James 1.6. Let's read this together. Here we go. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Now, this isn't talking about saving faith. Is Jesus Lord or isn't he Lord? Is he Lord or isn't he? Nope. You've already got that set. You're saved and heaven bound. But you're going through something and you don't know if God's going to be good and faithful and that he's going to keep his promises and that he's going to take care of you and you're doubting and you're going back like what? Like waves on the sea. I've got a picture here of a cruise ship that was going through a storm. Check this out. This is a video um, from inside. There's no, there's no audio to it. It's just a video, but whoa. <laughs> they're hitting some waves, and there's chairs flying across the deck, and people trying to stand up straight. And, and just as the ship turns one way, then, oh, here it goes the other way, and everybody goes flying by, and that poor woman is trying to get her footing. Now, the bartenders are doing okay at the bottom of the screen here. They're just like, hey, look at all those people trying to stand there. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and then they go. Now, now, watch this guy at the top here. He's, he's having a hard time holding on, so he sees a piano. You see that piano? And he decides to grab onto the piano. Whoa! <laughs> it's not doing too good, and then back they come. <laughs> all right, now, is that... Your heart right now? I don't know if God's going to come through for me and provide for me and protect me and make this work out for good. And then, okay, maybe he will. You know what? Maybe he will. I'm just being too thin. But I don't really know if he's actually going to like back and forth and back. The Bible says that you're doubting. Now, feeling the pull feeling the potential for everything to go wrong. And, okay, that's, that's natural, but you have to have a settled assurance in your heart that God is who he said and he'll do what he's promised. He will work this out for good. He may answer me and calm this storm. But you know what? I'm holding to something that's nailed to the floor here and I'm not going to go off the side in doubt, discouraged, God must hate me. He's this is, this is for no point that I'm going through this. He's, he can't fix this. He, doubt, 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 doubt. And you just simply don't believe what you've heard. But faith believes. My marriage can't be fixed. My kids are broken and sinful and there's nothing I can do about it. Someone I love is sick and suffering and I don't even know why. We've hit an unexpected financial setback and nothing will get us through. Voice of Doubt, 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 doubt. He can't, he can't, he can't. In all of human history, finally in my life, something God can't do has finally come up. Really? Really? Where is your faith? Where is your faith? He may not do exactly what you're demanding, but he will be who he said he is, and he will work it out for good. Even if all your fears come true, that's true. Faith believes. How do I walk by faith? Well, you have to believe what you heard. But second, faith obeys. Write that down. Faith obeys. Why? Because faith fears God like Noah. 
Why do I do what God said? Well, because I'm afraid that what God said is going to happen. Hey, building a giant boat that's bigger than a football field, that's crazy. Building it in the middle of the desert, that's a different kind of crazy. Just go ahead and take your boat out to the middle of the desert and sit in it for a day. People will be like, <laughs> you missed the ocean. What are you doing in the desert sitting in a boat? Oh, well, all, all this water is going to come. And really? It's laughable. What are you doing building a giant boat in the middle of the desert? Well, God told me to do it, and I'm scared to death that his wrath is coming on my family. Faith obeys because of fear of the Lord. Hey, obey God at least because you fear him. At best, because you love him. But at least because you fear him. Faith obeys. Faith like Noah. Faith like Abraham who goes even though he doesn't know where he's going. Well, where did he tell you we're going? I don't know. He just said go west. West? That's all he gave you? Yeah, he just said west. That's faith. You don't even know where he's leading you, but you're going to go. And listen, just get used to God giving you half of the information that you really want. All right? Just get used to that right now. He's not going to tell you everything you want. That's not faith. There's no such thing as WikiLeaks in heaven. He's, nobody is going to spill the beans on everything God has planned for you. All right? He's going to give you what you need to know, and then he's going to say, just go. Just walk. Just follow. Just trust. How? How is it going to come to you? I'm not going to tell you. Just go. Faith obeys. Even when it sounds crazy, even when it feels hopeless, even when it looks foolish, just just do it. Faith obeys. So faith believes, faith obeys. Here's the next one. Faith, you're not going to like this one. Do you want me to preach the Bible to you or do you want me to just make stuff up today? Okay, write this down. Faith suffers. Now, there's, you can find preachers who will tell you that if you walk by faith, all of your dreams will come true. Faith will eliminate all hardship and sickness and poverty from your life. As long as you're walking by faith, you're good. Faith suffers. Verse 25, Moses, verse 25, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. Man, I've got a giant treasure right there. Like the whole palace is filled with a life, gold-plated, and I can have everything that I want. And, or I can relocate a million complaining people through the desert. Better. Better. Not better because of what he put up with in this life. Better because God would reward it. Faith suffers. Moses willingly suffered. Look in verse 35. In verse 35, it says of these faithful people, in the second part of verse 35, some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. No, no, I don't want to get out. No, I don't want to get out. Leave me in here. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. Faith suffers. Faith suffers. God doesn't promise you a pain-free life. He promises that all of your pain will serve his glorious purpose. All of it. That's the promise. And faith suffers 
willingly. In Romania, I met a man named Pastor Adi. He was the pastor who started Harvest Brasov a couple years ago. It didn't go so well, and they faced some division, and he's, he's now not the senior pastor anymore, but he's still a part of the work. He's a godly man, and uh, Harvest just came to Romania recently, so he's lived in the uh, city Brasov all of his life, and they were under harsh, oppressive communist rule, I mean, for like 40 years, all right? I mean, this country was stuck between Nazi Germany and Russia. What a hard place to be in World War II. And when the, when the Russians came through, they just imposed a harsh communist regime on them and took away their freedom. What was it like? Well, Pastor Adi was telling me, he said, you, you could, of course, have a Bible and they would talk to you like you had religious freedom, but it could only be in your apartment. If you go out and you try and give people the Bible or tell them about Christ, you get put in jail. He said, so he said, I found ways to smuggle the Bible all around, but I had to be careful because when they heard about it, they would break into your apartment, go through your bookshelf, raid your closets, and look for a box of Bibles. And if they found it, he had several friends who got carted off to jail because you couldn't distribute this book. But he did it. He did it. You couldn't teach children in an organized setting. You couldn't have a VBS. You couldn't have a WANA. You couldn't have any of that. So they would have these secret camps out in the forest and they'd somehow get the word out to parents who were interested. You know, don't tell anybody, but imagine if we did it this way. Youth camp, don't tell anybody where it is, but just come out to this place in the forest and drop your kids off and don't tell anybody because otherwise we'll all get thrown in jail. And they would have these secret children's camps out in the forest. He was risking his freedom. He was risking his life. He was risking his health. Why? Because Jesus is worth it. Because the gospel is worth it. Faith suffers. And Jesus didn't come into your life to make all your dreams come true in this world. He came to call you to a high and holy mission. And are you willing to suffer for that? Pastor Adi said to me, I have very big file with communists. Very big file with communists. And he had a big smile on his face. Wow, he's like my hero. Faith suffers. This next one is closely tied to it, but it's a little different. Uh, Faith believes, faith obeys, faith suffers. Write this down. Faith sacrifices. Faith sacrifices. Perfect example of this is who? Abraham, who took what was most precious to him, his son Isaac, and brought him before the Lord and was even willing to offer him up to death. Faith sacrifices what's most precious, our freedom, our health, our wellness, our resources. Why? Because our God asks. And why would God even ask for Abraham to offer up his son? Well, because Abraham was standing near the very place where God would offer up his son. And we have a God who sacrificed his only son for us. So when he calls us to sacrifice for him, we should do so willing, willingly. Moses sacrificed the palace. Look at, look at verse 37. It says of these people of faith in the second part of verse 37, they went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. Who is it that God looks down and says, hey, you're lucky I'm even leaving that guy there. You're not even worthy of me letting that servant stay here for another day. And where is he found? Not in the palace, in some dark crevice hiding out. And God's like, that's the guy who I'm honoring. 
Don't believe the person who's got the car and got the money and got the promotion and got the house. Oh, that must be God's blessing. Uh, very far from it. Material blessings are the least of God's blessings. And they're the most warned of in Scripture when you get them. Faith, on the other hand, sacrifices. Faith sacrifices and doesn't expect the lap of luxury here. Doesn't expect to cling to everything. And faith is willing to sacrifice this. Listen, I want to be honest with you. Faith doesn't always cost you something. Faith always costs you everything. You didn't call upon a shareholder to rule over a portion of your life. You called upon a Savior, am I right? Am I right? And in Luke 14, 33, Jesus said, So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. So like preschool day one, Jesus says, You want to be my disciple? Let go of everything you have because I'm a Lord and a King and I'll be nothing less. That's day one. The true follower of Christ lives like this. Jesus, you are my Lord. Put anything into my life you desire. Take anything out of my life you wish. Make any demand of me. I will go anywhere when you ask. I will stay for any amount of time. I will accept any treatment without complaint. Because you're not my shareholder, you're my Lord. Hey, are you surrendered? Are you willing to sacrifice for your Lord who gave his life for you? That's the cost of discipleship. That's faith. Or are you hoarding, clinging, building up your own kingdom, hoping Jesus doesn't ask much of you? You're willing to give a little of your time and your effort and your energy and your talent a little bit, but, but hoping he doesn't ask for more and more? He's going to tear all that out of your hands. It's going to be painful. Faith obeys. Faith suffers. Faith sacrifices. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20 says, You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So that's what faith, that's how we walk by faith. What is faith? Well, it's acting like God's telling the truth. Why walk by faith? Well, it brings blessing. It brings power. How do I do it? Well, believe, obey, suffer, sacrifice. The last question is this. Where is faith going? Write that down. Where is faith going? This chapter deals a lot with the future tense of our faith. It talks a lot about what's coming, what's up the road, what's next. Where is faith going? Well, first jot this down. Faith leads to eternal blessing. Faith leads to eternal blessing. Look at verse 10 where it's talking about Abraham again. It says this in verse 10, For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Wow. Looking forward. The Bible in this chapter talks about what's on the horizon for you and me. It calls it a city, an inheritance, a homeland, a country. It says Moses looked to the reward. Check out this picture. This picture really moved me. It's just a picture of a guy who's, uh, he's going somewhere. And uh, the artist made it look like as he goes, he's, he's kind of dragging the road with him. But what a powerful, moving picture of how, how he's heading somewhere. 
The road's going somewhere, and, and every step is establishing a path on the way to somewhere. And you know, that's what Christ did for you and me. He went somewhere to prepare a place for you. He dragged a roadway to heaven that wasn't there previously, and we are now walking on it. And what's up ahead, what's at the end of this road, is eternal blessing. We have to understand that the vast majority of what is promised to you will not come to you in this life. Therefore, you have to wait for it, which is the next point. Where's faith going? Well, faith leads to eternal blessing. And finally, faith waits for the promised perfection. Faith waits. Faith waits. We don't like to wait, do we? We don't like to wait for anything this day and age. I had to go to the DMV yesterday to get a license plate sticker. And I had to wait. I walked in first in the morning to one, and I waited in line, waited in line. And then when I got close to the front, I realized that I had forgot my proof of insurance. So I was like, wow. So then I had to go get into the office, and I didn't have a chance to go until later in the day. And I had my proof of insurance, so I got there, and there was this big, long, waving line of all the procrastinators like me who waited till the end of the month to get their sticker. <laughs> and I'm walking through this, like, squiggly line. I feel like I'm at Great America, but there's no ride. It's just line, just waiting in line, waiting in line. Wait, like 20 minutes later, I get up to the counter. She's like, $101, please. No, she didn't say please. $101. So I give her the check, and I'm like, don't you need to see proof of insurance? She goes, not this week. I'm like, what? What do you mean, not this week? Illinois, not this week. Okay. Whatever. Waiting, we hate waiting, waiting. The biggest thing we're doing, though, by faith right now is waiting for everything that God promised to actually come about. Waiting for the trumpet to sound. Waiting for the Lord to descend. Waiting to be caught up together to meet Him in the air, to be with Him forever. Waiting for a new perfect body where we will never experience sickness or death or disease or sadness or anything ever again. Waiting for death to die. Waiting, waiting, waiting by faith. And faith waits for the promised perfection. Verse 13 says, These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Verse 16 says, But as it is, they desired a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Verse 39 to 40, And these, though commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. And verse 35 says they wanted to rise again to a better life. You're right. This world stinks. You're right. Your problems aren't going to end here. You're right. You want more than you could ever find in this world. You're right. But this isn't your home. This isn't your home. You're a stranger and you're in exile, and therefore you're waiting for the promised perfection. C.S. Lewis said, If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. And I love what F.W. Borum says in reflecting on eternity. He says, At every inch of progress in this divine path, the believer gets a more radiant vision of the face of God. Until time melts into eternity. The pure in heart becomes 
purer and yet purer as the revelations of the divine become clearer and yet clearer. Till at last, pure as God is pure, they stand in his unsufferable presence and behold with rapture the beauty of his face. On the contrary, the blurred gaze of the impure deepens into total blindness until destitute of all moral perception and spiritual vision, they stagger tragically out into the everlasting dark. What hope we find on the path of faith, what despair we find off the path of faith. God wants you to be encouraged that faith will bring blessing and will unleash power as you obey, as you believe, as you suffer, as you sacrifice. It's worth it. It's worth it. It'll be worth it in this life and it'll be far more worth it in the next because our light and momentary afflictions are achieving for us an eternal weight of glory that far outweighs them all. So let me close by asking you this. Where are the points of faith in your life right now? Walking faith. What are you doing that only God can accomplish? Hey, that's your opportunity to walk by faith. What are you waiting for that only God can provide? That's your chance to walk by faith. What decision are you wrestling with that you can't make alone? That's your chance to walk by faith. And what's trying to pull you away from the steady path of obedience and trust? Who's trying to pull you away? Hey, that's your chance to walk by faith. Father in heaven, we thank you for this portrayal of faith, all of these principles that are found here. We understand that you want to save us in a moment, in an instant, but you want us to follow you all of the days of our life. My prayer is that you would give all of us here clarity on what it means to walk by faith today, tomorrow, the next day, what it means to walk by faith through storms, through trials, through hardship, through sickness, through suffering, what it means to wait for everything you've promised and to trust you are good and faithful. Lord, I ask that you would raise up within this church men and women who walk by faith and who have amazing stories to tell. Father, increase our faith especially if our spirits are weighing us down, if our hearts are heavy or broken. Oh, Lord, show us that it is the walk of faith that you will bless, that it is the walk of faith that you will favor, and you will be pleased with us. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.